Hello there, this is Lisa Borders, and on this podcast, I'll connect with people from all walks of life. We'll talk about overcoming adversity, transmuting the shadow, and moments of illumination. We'll explore what it means to fulfill our potential while maintaining our most authentic selves. And we'll reflect on the lessons we're learning all along the way. If you feel inspired by what you hear, subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a five-star review, share it with a friend, and join the community at lisaborders.us. Thank you for joining me, and this is Enlightened. Hello, everybody. Lisa Borders here, and boy, do I have a treat today. You know I love sports, and I follow all things sports at all levels, But you know, there's some interesting spaces in sports. This name, image, and likeness conversation is coming to life in a really fascinating way. And we have a real treat today. Two gentlemen who are from Notre Dame. And yes, I love Notre Dame. Even though I'm a dookie, we give some love to Notre Dame. And so we've got two amazing guests today. We have Aiden Sayow, who is going to talk with us, as well as Brandon Wimbush. And I'm going to let you tell or them tell you a little bit about themselves, but we're going to start it by saying welcome, gentlemen. So excited to have you. Lisa, so honored and privileged and grateful for the opportunity to be here with you. I'm sure I speak for Aiden, my partner here as well. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you guys here. You guys have started a company called Mogul. And I'm a raving fan of this platform. And you guys have just started in a sense relative to legacy companies. So I'd like to start by inviting you, Aiden, if you could, to tell us what Mogul is and how it started. And then Brandon, I'm going to come to you and ask you like, how'd you get involved, man? Why was it important for you to be engaged? Aiden, you want to start us off? Absolutely, Lisa. And thank you so much again for the time. We're really honored and excited for the opportunity to have this discussion with you. But just to jump into it, right? So what we've done here at Mogul is we've created a platform that will connect current and former collegiate athletes to opportunities to monetize their name, image, and likeness, primarily at the local level, given the fact that the majority of collegiate athletes don't have the national brand recognition that a Trevor Lawrence last year would have had but they can still provide incredible value to their local communities and to their local collegiate marketplaces. So the way that the mogul platform is structured is that it permits athletes to seek out and apply to these opportunities and then directly disclose any activity that they do to their compliance office and get paid all in a seamless, safe, secure, and holistic process all on one platform. Seamless, safe, and secure. We need more of that in 2021. Lord have mercy. Brandon, you were a student athlete at Notre Dame, so that means you've been an athlete for a very long time. You're still an athlete, but this platform speaks specifically to college athletes. So tell me why it was important for you to be involved and how did you get involved? Yeah, Lisa, I think to your point around safe, secure, and seamless, that was what appealed to me most. That was the compelling component that I brought to Aiden. I was like, hey, you know, as an athlete myself, now a former athlete, these are some of the features and components of a product that the athlete is going to most highly value, especially in this new era around a space that they 
is so novel, right? So the things that they're going to be looking for are opportunities in a seamless manner, the compliance aspect of it, college compliance offices oversee literally everything in our lives as a college athlete. So that's a huge component as well. And then understanding that we needed a holistic product. So when Aiden approached me with the idea, I thought that there was no better way for me to engage in this new landscape and this new era around college sports than to create a product that's the most athlete-centric product. So I thought I could provide great perspective being that obviously I'd played at the level that I played at. Perspective, perspective. Everybody's talking about that and you guys have got it in spades. And I love that. And speaking of perspective, let me step back for just a moment because I recall reading both of you gentlemen are from New Jersey. You both attended Notre Dame and now you both are in this name, image and likeness space. You guys are partners in business. So oftentimes when people go in business together, they have complementary skills, passions that are aligned. Tell me, Aiden, is that part of what drove this? Or I know you start tinkering with the idea of a business plan around mobile back in October of 2019, but here we are in 2021. What about it drew you two together besides being homeboys from New Jersey and fighting Irish and all that. Yeah. So Lisa, I mean, Brandon fondly or perhaps not so fondly uh, doesn't agree with me when I say that we attended rival high schools in New Jersey. (laughs) So I attended a school called Seton Hall Prep and Brandon went to St. Peter's Prep. And they're definitely a lot better at football on the gridiron. But yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, right? So Brandon and I obviously bring very complimentary skill sets and tools to the table and and to the mobile team, right? My, My background is in financial services and strategy. And then Brandon obviously brings the incredible perspective with regards to being a former athlete and and being the face of the business that we so need in in this space. Um, So, I mean, the thing that really stood out to me when Brandon and I were initially starting the business back in January of 2020, when we in earnest started working on it together, was that the two of us really set out on this quest here to make a difference while also obviously providing incredible opportunity for athletes and businesses to build their brands. We really wanted to do so in a way that provided a, or made a tangible impact in the lives of others and in the lives of the communities surrounding these large collegiate athletic towns. So obviously we both grew up playing sports. Brandon was a little bit more successful at that than I was, but we both grew up playing sports and recognized the incredible value that youth athletics provides to, you know, teamwork and overall youth development. And we wanted to make sure that all youth athletes have the same amount of accessibility and access to these programs that we did growing up. So we've partnered with an organization called Every Kid Sports, in which MOGA will be donating a portion of its proceeds directly to local youth athletic programming to continue to foster and promote the accessibility of those programs. So from day one, we've just really approached this with a very similar mindset, right? We're not exploiting athletes here. We're building it with the athletes in mind. And we're doing so in a way that will help businesses to grow and help communities to be impacted for the better. Okay, so Rival High School, Seton, what's the name of it again, Aiden? Seton Hall Prep. Seton Hall Prep and St. Peter's. So you guys have been at this for more than a minute. So the New Jersey thing comes into play. The athleticism comes into play. I did a lot of work for the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, and we've just watched the lion's share of the Olympics take place in Tokyo. And I've often said that sports 
is one of two international languages. Music is the other. And sports can make a huge difference, not just culturally, but overall in our lives. So I love this notion. I've heard you guys talk about it. I've seen it on social, your mission and slogan, get paid, build a brand and make a difference. But it starts with athletes, right, Brandon? It starts with empowering the individual athlete. So Talk to me a little bit about what seems to be a passion around enabling, empowering athletes like yourself who played in college, but are athletes forever. And you just happen to play collegiate sports as well, but you're an athlete forever, dude. That doesn't end, right? Yeah, that doesn't end, right? And that's, that's, that's the mentality I try to bring to here at Mobile and to our team, right? Of kind of owning everything that we're doing. And big thing for me, Lisa, was becoming a professional when I was in college. I think that's what helped separate a lot of the collegiate athletes or the bundle, right? The average athlete from the great athletes in college is who can become a professional the earliest on in their career. It goes into things like film study, how you're preparing academically, right? Kind of your day-to-day life, right? Habits. Those are some of the things that When I think about how this product kind of aligns there is that you're taking onus of the opportunities around the NIL space. So if you can incorporate these NIL opportunities into your everyday habits and schedules, right, and you can do it efficiently, you're going to have the most effective time and opportunities that are going to come across your desk. So I think if you become a professional early on in your career, you'll have the best longevity when it comes to being a, a professional athlete. Understood. And I love that. I had the privilege of leading the WNBA and I believe those women are some of the best athletes in the world, not female athletes, like athletes in the world. So I have nothing but mad love and respect for the athletes. But let's talk about this a little bit about helping athletes, collegiate athletes, like build their brand and really understand how to monetize it. Let me step back. So for those who have not been swimming in the legislation and swimming in the space and trying to understand Aiden, can you talk a little bit about the arc of this conversation? I know today that the NC2A is really advocating that there be some type of national legislation. There's some 20 states that have something in the pipeline about name, image, and likeness. But can you explain what is name, image, and likeness and help us with the arc of this discussion all the way up to the recent Supreme Court ruling? 100%, Lisa. So name, image, and likeness effectively refers to an athlete's publicity rights. And historically, collegiate athletes have not been able to monetize their publicity rights. And all of the value that they've provided to universities has has been maintained and in many ways exploited by universities, right? So dating back to when the initial business plan for Mogul was written in October of 2019, California Governor Gavin Newsom had written in or proposed a bill that would effectively allow California collegiate athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness through marketing opportunities. Now, it's really important to distinguish that this is not pay for play, right? Universities are not compensating collegiate athletes for what they do on the field, and and athletes still cannot be compensated directly by recruiters, coaches, or university athletic departments. What this is allowing athletes to do is outside of their engagements on the field, they can use their brand and their platform when in 99% of the cases it's at its peak, right? Only the 1% or 1% of the 1% eventually goes on to compete professionally. 
but all of these athletes provide incredible value to their local communities, to their college towns, and to their hometowns as well. So effectively, in January of 2020, the NCAA initially voiced support for name, image, and likeness rule changes. There were a number of domino effects that kind of had to trigger this, this change in, in mindset and the change in, in support for it. But that's when they initially voiced support. And that's when we, in earnest, got started at Mogul. What's happened since then is individual states have passed laws that would allow their athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness. Obviously, when you think about the states that passed it, a lot of it had to do with the recruiting advantage that would be derived from allowing specific athletes in Florida to monetize their name, image, and likeness, and then all the Georgia athletes just go and compete in Florida, right? But regardless, we're happy about the outcome. We think that this has been a long time coming. It's absolutely ridiculous that these athletes haven't been able to monetize their brands, especially when in our mind, it doesn't detract from universities' value. If anything, if the star quarterback has a larger following on social media, it'll help them to, them to sell more tickets and sell more jerseys and more merchandise sales. But so basically what's happened since then is individual states pass laws. And then on July 1st, when seven states were set to go into effect, the day before on July 30th, President Mark Emmert of the NCAA basically put up his hands and said, you know what, have at it. NCAA athletes can monetize their name, image, and likeness everywhere which obviously was really great for our business and really great for the collegiate athlete as a whole. But the one really important distinction here is that they really didn't do it with a lot of thought or preparation, right? Universities, largely due to the pandemic as well, don't have the capacity to regulate or monitor the things that their athletes are engaging in. So it opens up the opportunity for really widespread exploitation of these athletes. So what we're anticipating over the next three to four months, depending on how quickly it can go through Congress, is a federal legislation that would regulate name, image, and likeness monetization to a certain degree. But what we've done at Mogul, in particular, in an effort to make sure that athlete eligibility is never impacted, and in an effort to make sure that all athletes are getting somewhat equal opportunity to these opportunities, is that we've built in the compliance monitoring functionality to at least provide universities visibility into everything that their athletes are doing to make sure that if they're doing something that would negatively impact the university or negatively impact their brand or potentially even get them in trouble or put them in harm's way, that there's at least some barrier to those engagements going through. But yeah, so all in all, right, that just kind of goes along with our mission here to really help to empower athletes in the community, but again, in a safe, secure and compliant way. And I love that the whole notion of having a platform that is so new and so dynamic and so flexible, most people would call that a product extension. If something was already established and you had to add a component, but you guys have built that in. That is amazing. Brandon, let me come over to you and ask you about recruiting athletes, because I saw on social, whether it was Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, and you guys are you millennials or are you Gen Z? I can't figure this out. I was actually having this conversation with someone <laughs> two days ago. I guess I am technically a millennial. Brandon, were you born in 96 or 97? I was 96. So I'm also a millennial. Yeah. Interesting. And well, you guys are like all over social and I love the way that you have leveraged it in such a fascinating way and built awareness for mogul 
But also, I guess you can reach athletes this way too. I mean, Brandon, you are a focus group of one, right? So you have like instant credibility. Can you talk a little bit, obviously you guys are recruiting businesses and athletes, but talk about the athlete component of this and how you are bringing in your brothers and sister athletes. Yeah, the majority of the people who run our social, Lisa, are Gen Z, so they they have a different uh, <laughs> perspective, and they're better on social than Aiden and I are. Right, so we understand our weaknesses and our strengths where they lie. So it's, that's been awesome. And to that point, right, we have a a phenomenal group of ambassadors and interns across the country that help us from an athlete perspective to acquire their fellow teammates. So we're you know well situated on a lot of the college campuses of the Power Five schools. We've brought on board a good amount of college athlete ambassadors, right? So they've done a really phenomenal job for us, you know, on their respective campuses. But then, yeah, my network has been great for us. It's been an organic way for us to grow on the athlete side, just given my experience, right? My experience is having both played at the University of Notre Dame, and then I went down my last year, at least I finished in collegiate career at the University of Central Florida. So I was able to access kind of the entire Florida network, right, of of athletes, which is one of the biggest markets when you consider NIL opportunities. But then, yeah, I think we've done a really great job on social media. Obviously, big thing for us is meeting the athletes where they are, and they're on social media today. So it's Instagram, it's Twitter, and it's being active with creating intriguing content, right? Content is king these days. So the more content we can put out, more attractive we become from the athlete perspective. So that's been fun. And for Aiden, it's being able to meet new athletes at the highest of levels every day. For me, it's being able to continue building my network of athletes and learning about different forms of culture. There's athletes that come from all over the world. So it's, it's been a very rewarding experience thus far. Well, I've also heard you talk about, Brandon, that there are some cities like South Bend where you think it'll be even more advantageous to have platforms like mobile operating. Of course, it's on the internet, so it's operating everywhere. Can you talk a little bit about why cities like South Bend would do so well in this environment? Yeah, I think the big thing that we like to hit on here, Lisa, is the fact that some of these big collegiate markets think about South Bend. Notre Dame, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Michigan, and Ann Arbor, a lot of these schools don't have professional teams and professional athletes surrounding them. So the athletes, the college athletes are the professional athletes in a sense, right? They are the celebrities. They do drive the social fabric of these communities. So for the South Bend example, I like to use a lot of the economic activity is driven by Notre Dame athletics, right? I'd say probably 70% at least is driven by Notre Dame athletics. The numbers around it, a game weekend, a football game weekend are incredible, right? Especially the, the GDP that's that's produced in that area. So the athletes, again, are the celebrities. The opportunities are driven by them. And we speak about the small businesses and the opportunity for them to build their brands. This is a great way for them to do that, right? The athletes, again, are kind of the iconic figures in the areas, right? So if you were to align your brand with them, that's kind of where the opportunity lies for these smaller businesses. Right. And you don't always have to spend millions of dollars on working with college athletes. They're definitely more affordable. And that's why our platform comes in handy. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. And it turns college athletes into economic engines for themselves. Right. If they may not have thought of themselves as an entrepreneur, but that's what you all are in effect telling them and teaching them as they can be an entrepreneur and they can, in fact, not only support themselves, but support their communities by extension. 
Let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and were there any limitations, Aiden, in 2020? I know this all business plan starts in October of 2019, but then very quickly it's 2020 and it's March and the pandemic hits. The George Floyd situation happens. I mean, the world just went upside down and inside out. So let's start with the pandemic, the physical, psychological, emotional changes we were all going through and somewhat limited Were there any limitations or learnings that you guys had during the 2020 calendar year and the pandemic? Because it's still going. Yeah, Lisa, it's actually really interesting that you bring that up because there are two very different ways for us to look at it from a mobile perspective. So on the one hand, one of the silver linings, if you could actually get any of them through all the horror that basically happened throughout this year, was that candidly... I don't think we would have been able to start mogul without the pandemic, just given really? the fact that we were working from home, right? Brandon and I had full-time jobs. It was very difficult for us to raise money from investors for something that wasn't officially installed yet, right? So name, image, and likeness was not officially going into effect in July 1st. We lacked a lot of clarity on what would be allowable and if this would ever even come into effect. So it was very difficult for us to actually raise money in order to explore and and really dive in deep to this business. But luckily, Brandon and I were both working remotely and we had full-time jobs, but given the fact that we were working remotely, it it allowed us the ability to work basically half the time on Mm. mobile. So in many respects, this was a real time of exploration and really put everything into perspective for us and also allowed us the opportunity to really build this business. On the flip side, and one of the major obstacles that we did encounter throughout starting Mogul from a pandemic perspective is that we were really trying to validate our use case and do a lot of user testing, working with former collegiate athletes and current professional athletes on behalf of businesses and brands. And that's where the pandemic definitely limited us, not only because Obviously, marketing budgets and overall spending allocation were down across the board as we worked to, as we worked with businesses and brands on behalf of the, the aforementioned clients. But then secondarily, a lot of what's going to be a big part of this is in-person appearances, private athletic training, autograph signings, meet and greets. And we weren't able to do any of that over the last year. We also weren't able to travel to the extent that we wanted to to do business development and meet with investors and meet with local business owners and obviously spread awareness for everything that we were building. So there were definitely some obstacles that we had to overcome. We did conduct a number of engagements virtually, promoting Mogul, obviously. We appeared on a lot of podcasts as well. Where possible, we did some in-person appearances as well. Yeah, so those were some major obstacles that we had to overcome. But then the silver lining of it is that working remotely from home actually gave us the time and the flexibility in our schedule to devote the necessary man hours to this. Well, you know what? That makes perfect sense. There was benefit and burden. And we see that playing out not only for Mogul and for you guys as partners and in the business that you're in, but that certainly was the challenge, I think, for many communities individually and collectively. And so one of the things that I noted was the pandemic hit in March, but then the George Floyd situation, that murder happened in May. 
And I know I've worked with professional athletes, the WNBA players, most specifically from a civic engagement perspective. And because you guys are interested not only in getting paid, building a brand, but you're also interested in making a difference. How do you see, and Brandon, I'm going to come to you on this one. How do you see mogul athletes being able to step into the community. I know Dylan Gibbons has done a lot of work. I know he formerly played at Notre Dame and is now playing in Florida, but is helping a young man who has a, a, an incurable disease and they're raising money for him to not only attend games, but help offset some of the costs of his medical bills. How do you see this playing out with individual athletes and how do you separate that from what mogul stands for? Or do you? I don't think we separate it at all, Lisa. I think you dive as deep into it as you can, right? Because from a business standpoint, you become more of a conversation. And I think that's what the WNBA stands for. So I'm taking after you, Lisa, and putting ourselves in the forefront of these conversations, in the forefront of these scenarios, and being a part of that change and being a part of that difference. The WNBA is a perfect example of the change that can come from a group of athletes and influencers putting themselves out there and making a difference, right, collectively. That's something I've learned from the WNBA over the last three years. And I have a couple of really great friends who are part of the league and are huge advocates of the league and what they stand for. I think 99% of the WNBA is, right? So as I look at that example, I think for Mogul, it is taking that opportunity head on right? And allowing our athletes that are part of our platform and supporting the Dylan Gibbons of the world in their endeavors to help other people and make and have, you know, push conversations forward, the ones that need to be pushed forward. So for us specifically, we think there's going to be great opportunities for athletes to do a lot of the community events, the charitable events, even not just in their collegiate markets, but back home where they come from and where their fan base is, you know, has, has originated, right? Because that's, those are the people they've grown up with. Those are the people that they have the biggest impact on. So as I think about that topic, I just think that we need to be at the forefront of those conversations and allow our athletes to speak genuinely from their heart. And I think the last couple of years have shown that athletes are taking this upon themselves and feel more comfortable with showing their skin, right? And I think it's a great thing. And I think we should only continue to support them in their endeavors. I love that. And let me just say at soon to be 64 years old, I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime where male athletes or our male counterparts would say they were following the WNBA, but you know what? I am loving it. So bring it. We, <laughs> we absolutely love that. So as you talk about the athletes that are going to be on the mobile platform, obviously you're one of their big examples. You're the exemplar, Brandon. What is your brand? How do you encapsulate what you stand for. We know you're working on this platform. We know you played. We know you went to B school. Like, who are you? What is the Brandon? Yeah. Brand? Yeah. I was thinking about it today and I tweeted something last night. I was just thinking about my brand and what it would have been in college, but I had tweeted that my buddy who my roommate, Chris Fink, he plays receiver for the Chiefs now. He had such a phenomenal brand and on Instagram and on Twitter and me, I was like, if I was in college with this opportunity, I think I would have tweeted something like, hey, hear this. This is my tweet. And this is me trying to build my brand, right? That's the extent <laughs> of what I would have done. Because I was just not one of those social media guys, right? And there's going to be those type of athletes, Lisa, that definitely need to step out of their shell. And, and hopefully the opportunities around NIL urge that and prompt that from some of these athletes is to step away from 
be uncomfortable, right? I think I would have explored more and trying to put myself in situations that made me uncomfortable. And, and that would have definitely been uh, hitting on the topic that we just discussed about putting myself at the forefront of social change, right? And that's not something that is normal or it's definitely going to be controversial being a black quarterback at the University of Notre Dame, right? So it's those types of things. And Coach Kelly and a lot of the athletes this past year did a march. And obviously there's a great conversation that comes around that. One of the guys that was at the forefront of that, that march was Dalen Hayes, right? So you align Dalen's brand with social change and being at the forefront of, of the team, right? For this movement. But for me personally, I, I think I would have had to explore. Um, I was into music. I was into fashion. A lot of the athletes looked at me as the fashionista on the team, right? They would say, you, you get up at 6 a.m. and you, you can put on this outfit that early just to come into the <laughs> locker room. And because everyone, they called it Goog outfits, right? Our, our complex is called the Goog Amino and everyone would wear the, you know, the suits that the, that the equipment staff would give us, but I would choose not to and kind of dress up, right? Because it was always about my, it was always about my presence, right? So I think I would definitely be able to align myself and my brand with a fashion company or anything in that sorts. But yeah, there's opportunities out there for a lot of these athletes and they just got to feel the need to put themselves out there and make themselves a little bit uncomfortable. Well, that makes perfect sense. If you're not uncomfortable, well, let me say it differently. Growth usually comes from a little bit of friction, right? Even when you're exercising, your muscles like shred and grow back together even stronger. So that friction is there. So that area where you're uncomfortable really is a helpful place to drive you to the next level. Aiden, I know you've talked about you've tried to be generous with your time and your abilities and your experiences. And I know as I get older, I realize what a commodity that time is. Do you still feel that that is part of your brand is being generous in those areas? Absolutely, Lisa. I mean, it's definitely something that I've always really enjoyed doing throughout my upbringing in general, right? Youth groups, um, tutoring, things like that. But then throughout Notre Dame, was really involved with the management consulting major that I was a part of. Actually ended up getting an award at graduation just for student service. Mm -hmm. The only issue now that I'm finding is that that time is a lot less available mm -hmm. running a company to give to <laughs> others. Um, it's too bad because it's definitely something that really, really enjoyed, especially while working at a, at a company like Morgan Stanley that really promotes mentorship in every facet working as an associate board member at the Covenant House as well, helping adolescent homeless individuals to get jobs and eventually get admitted into college. So we definitely do a great job, I think, as a founding team from a mentorship perspective. We're always willing to take anyone's calls, our Calendly's. We've made a point to make our Calendly's fully available to the public. So if people want to poke our brains about something, or if people are interested in getting involved, we recognize not only that we can help people, but that we need help as well. So that's been a major, major component of kind of the way that we've started this company, right? We have 30 campus ambassadors, most of whom are current undergraduate students. So we want to provide mentorship and guidance in any way that we possibly can as they navigate their young careers and, and their professional aspirations, whether it's at Mogul or, or elsewhere. But like I said, unfortunately, that time is becoming more and more precious as Mogul continues to grow. Um, but absolutely, it's, it's definitely something that I would say is part of my brand and, and something that I want to maintain as part of my brand as well, despite the limited time on a go forward basis. 
Listen, both of you all have limited time, but it's so exciting what you're doing. Let me go back to uh, a topic that, or, or a comment that was made. And I think Brandon, you made it about being athlete centric because you guys know I had the privilege of doing some work with the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And we ended up writing a report. And I remember telling the folks at the board that the commission's report, they could forget that they could forget my name, but what they could not forget was that the theme was to be athlete centric. And it sounds like you've got that same concept in mind with mogul. So we were looking to protect and empower athletes, which is where mogul clearly is headed. So Brandon, tell me, you guys been at this, I'm going to call it five minutes. Where do you think you're going to be in five years? Yeah. I mean, the goal here for us, Lisa, is to become like fully synonymous with college athletics, right? So as you think about how down the road, athletes are going to be monetizing their name and likeness in a plethora of ways, right? And we want all of those ways to be through the mobile platform. And that's kind of the goal and the vision for Aiden and I here. When you think about athlete monetization, marketing, NIL, when you think about NIL, you think about mobile in the same sentence, but as we're creating a product here, and the first thing that I came to Aiden with was how do we make this platform and this product so that the athlete never wants to leave the platform and that the entire process for them when it comes to NIL is sourced through the platform, is sourced and developed through the platform. So every day we connect, right? If it's, if it's not every day, it's every other day on, hey, what can we implement, right? On the next sprint, right? Talking in, in development and technical terms, what can we implement in the next sprint that is going to promote our product in the most athlete-friendly way and manner. So it's those types of discussions that I think sets us apart from some of the other players in the space, some of the other people who created marketplaces similar to ours, is that we have a perspective, given my experience, that puts us in the forefront of, again, how do we create a product that the athletes are going to love, enjoy, and want to spend their free time, which is not a lot of time, on the platform and doing NIL deals. I love that. I love that. You guys are going to be completely vertically integrated. I can see it. What's your market share? A hundred percent, right? Nobody can stop <laughs> until you have a hundred percent. So let cool. me go. Yeah, for sure. Let me go back, Aiden, to this notion of having your Calendly links open to the public. I mean, I can remember being at the league and giving every player my mobile phone number and people thought I had lost my mind. And that was only 144 players. There were 12 teams, 12 players each. And folks, the media was like, what do you mean you gave them your mobile number? I'm like, what? Like, I was the president. They need to have access to me. You guys have changed the game completely if you're giving access to the public. So I absolutely love that. The mobile platform is a big pivot in and of itself. Then you're tackling NIL as your core space. Is this another sentinel moment in sports history, much like when Notre Dame said we want to broadcast football and we're not going to be in a, in a conference? It's like, it's all about the fighting Irish. We won't be a cog in a conference. Like, help me with that. Lisa, absolutely. I mean, in our lifetime, this is obviously we're a little biased in saying this, but I would say that this is the biggest shift in sports that we've witnessed in our lifetime. When you whoa, think about whoa, police, whoa, whoa, drop the mic, drop the mic. Did you just say <laughs> the biggest shift in your lifetime? 
Absolutely. Without a doubt, right? Collegiate athletics is entirely massive. College football is probably the third, if not the second largest sports league in the U.S. today, right? And then when you broaden it to the 500,000 collegiate athletes and the, I don't know, make it up 50,000 collegiate towns, this is just such an incredible, incredible opportunity for all college athletes. And not to mention the ripple effects are innumerable as well, right? You recognize that now athletes may or may not have to jump to the league at an early stage where they weren't ready, but then they needed to pay, get a paycheck to support their families, right? There's so many different avenues and effects that this is going to cause for collegiate athlete athletics that we think are going to be incredibly positive, right? Not to mention all of these smaller basketball leagues are being started up, right? The overtime elite, for example, because athletes recognize that they can make monetary compensation by not getting an education. So we're hoping that to a certain degree, this helps a larger percentage of athletes to attend and acquire their degrees because you know, financially they're not going to be as constrained. And kind of in that same vein, right, one of the things that we've established as part of Mogul and part of our mission and part of our value add to athletes is to provide financial literacy resources to athletes and their families. At the end of the day, we were founded for athletes by athletes on a mission to empower all athletes. So as a result, we've provided them with financial literacy resources through a partnership with Jedediah Collins and Money Vehicle, in which it's athlete-focused curriculum that will not only help them to build their name, image, and likeness brand, but also help them to evaluate how they need to be approaching name, image, and likeness monetization from a tax perspective, from a savings perspective, and you name it. And Jedediah Collins played for 10 years in the NFL, um, so he's been in their shoes as well. Man, I love this. Listen, you guys start talking about name, image, and likeness, but you're talking about a complete cultural and lifestyle shift here for athletes who are people first. Let's just be clear. They're people first who need to function beyond what they do. It's really about who they are. And I am just delighted and honored to have had an opportunity to talk with you and wishing you so much continued success with Mogul. Will you guys promise to come back as you grow and evolve and this gets bigger and better and more things are even clearer? Will you come back and talk to us again? I promise. I promise. We're excited <laughs> about the opportunity. I think Amy and I really enjoyed this one out of the hundreds of, of podcasts that we've done. So we appreciate it again. Definitely excited to come back in maybe 12 months and see where we stand. Absolutely. Aiden, you got a promise too. Absolutely. That wasn't hesitation. That was me not being able to unmute my mic here. Um, <laughs> I absolutely promise, Lisa, this has been an absolute pleasure and honor, obviously, given everything that you've accomplished in your career and, and everything that we can learn from you as well. So thank you so much for this opportunity. It's my pleasure. I'm a raving fan. I'll be here for you always. All right, everyone. That was this week's episode of Enlightened. I hope you learned something new and feel inspired to meet any challenge you may be facing in life. If you enjoy the energy we're creating here, subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a five-star review, share it with a friend, and join the Enlightened community for bonus episodes and deeper discussions at lisaborders.us. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next week.